welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, the Sound of Ink. I'm very glad to be here with you tonight. And uh, I know it's going to be a great show. We have some stuff to go over before we get started. And once again, I want to remind you that I am talking funny. I know this. I had surgery done on my jaw, and it's being a bit of a butt. So <laughs> I guess you could say that I'm a butthead. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's taking longer to heal and all that than we anticipated. So I'm still... Um, talking a little funny so forgive me for that next I want to share with you for those of you who may not know or may not have heard this last week we lost one of my very very dear friends and a very long-standing member of our poetic community Charles C.B. Banks passed away last week touched so many people had the most vibrant inner child of anyone I've ever known. And I loved him very dearly. But even more importantly than that, I know that he loved me. And that's that's a very special thing, knowing that about somebody. I mean, really knowing that. And if he loved you, it was like his whole soul reached out and just wrapped around you and enveloped you. You, you never questioned it. He was just such a genuine person. An amazing poet wanted to share that with you and let him know that we are going to carry him with us always. That the parts of him that he gave to us will always be here and always carry him with us. That he will never he will never really be gone. All right. Next thing I want to do. If you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can do so. Um, Probably the easiest way would be to shoot me a message on uh, Facebook. I just gave myself a headache. Get a hold of me on Facebook. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Shoot me a message and let me know what you want to put together. The workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long, depending on whatever you want to do. Um, we can do them pre-recorded, meaning you can pre-record it on your computer if you'd like, or I can do a conference call with you and help pre-record it that way if you don't have a computer to work on. Um, You have to do a short interview at the beginning and talk about what you're going to do and then hand it over to you and you can just take over and run from there. Or we can do it live if you would like. Um, Or we can do a combination of both. We can do a pre-recorded show and then after that done running, we can come on and uh, do the the live if you want to talk to your listeners or have them ask questions or whatever. Next, I want to thank our sponsors, the people who stepped up to the plate. 
and helped us cover our 2020 broadcasting license. Those sponsors are Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, a.k.a. One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colm Kennedy-Hume. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you on behalf of everybody in the whole community. All right. Next, I'm going to get to your writing exercises and your your inspiration from the inkwell. So pull out your notebooks, your journals, whatever it is you write on your phones, whatever. As I go through these, if you miss something, don't worry about it. It's okay. After the show is done recording, you can come over and check out our archives, and you will be able to uh, you'll be able to start and stop, write these down, and uh, that way you don't really miss anything. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to give you, if you're having problems getting into the chat room, just keep poking your uh, poking your browser, refreshing your browser. It should let you in. Eventually, we're having a little bit of issues getting the chat room to cooperate. First thing, journal assignment. Journal Your journal assignment number one. We are working on making lists again. And this is meant to get your brain moving. It's meant to make you think of ideas um, more obscure ideas or unique ideas, you know, the things that you have hiding in the shadows of your brain, you know, somewhere past that, that knee-jerk imagery, your brain's muscle memory defaults to when you think of a word or hear something that inspires you. The best part is, is that when you let your mind start chasing an idea, one of them is going to reach out and grab a hold of you and spin you around and poof, you're going to be off and writing a poem. So this this week, what I want you to do is I want you to start get a clean journal page, notebook page, and I want you to start a list at the top. I want you to, and then just keep going down the list, write as many things as you can think of, all right? So the list I'm going to have you work on this week, so you can write this at the top of the page if you want. I want you to make a list of things you've gotten caught doing. Make a list of things you've got. I'm not really going to go into examples for this one. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, I imagine it's going to be a lot of fun. I wish I could read all of your lists. I really do wish I could read all of your lists. <laughs> um, write as many things you can you can think of and keep going. A week from now, if you think of something, pull the page open uh, and, and add it. Just you, That way you will, you're going to have a reserve of some really cool things you can come back to. And... Uh, use as a resource when you're writing. Again, I want you to start on a blank journal page and I want you to make a list of all the things you've gotten caught doing. All right, journal assignment number two. We're gonna do your top 100. We're gonna do a list, we're gonna do a top 100. Kind of, that's not really a, a list. It is a list, but it's not a list. Not like the one above. I want you to number your page one to 100. And then, starting with line number one, I want you to write a sentence or write a line. Just write a line. Then go on to number two, number three, number four. I don't want these to be written in a theme. They're not, it's not a poem. It's not a story. It's not anything that has to go together. It's just abstract lines. 
go to the next line, think of a line to write, go to the next line, think of a line to write, go to the next line, think of something right, you know, something to light, a sentence, anything. Okay. Example, I said, when I was writing this one up, I just pulled up one through six and these are the ones I came up with. Um, one, she woke with ancient dust in her eyes. Two, they never took what was offered, only what they wanted. Number three, I have never liked chocolate. Number four, I am very sure I would have been a suffragette. Number five, I do not understand ketchup. Chase horizon, hoping somehow to spill over the edge. So those were just the first six random lines I pulled out of my head. So one through 100 and just write down, to start, go boom. Write down as many random lines as you can think of. If you get interrupted and you only get to 32, that's okay. Pick it up a little bit later. All right. This is going to take a little bit of thinking. <laughs> um, so it's going to take, actually, if you sit down to do this, it's going to take you about 10 minutes to do. All right. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find somewhere quiet and sit down and do this exercise. By the time you get to 100, the meaning of why you're doing this will become clear. I promise. All right. So, yeah, number your page 1 to 100. Write 100 lines. They don't have to go together. The sentences or little lines, whatever. Keep going until you have 100 and done. Exercise. It's time for your writing exercise. That was your journal assignment. Those are your assignments. Now it's time for your exercises. Exercises are different than journal assignments. Journal assignments are kind of like one-on-one -on -one intimate time with your brain. Exercises are meant to push you out of your comfort zone and make you think of things in ways you wouldn't normally think of them, write about them in a way you wouldn't normally write about them, uh, just to push you out of your comfort zone. Okay, so what I've been doing is I've been having you write stories to scenarios, and I'm doing this because I want you to understand that every time you sit down to write, you do not have to write a poem. All right, you're not just poets. You are writers. You're not just writers. You are creative human beings. But poetry is something you're passionate about. Poetry is something you enjoy. But you're not, don't, I'm, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, I think, when you poets. I know that I used to. Um, thinking every time I would sit down, I would have to, you know, produce a poem and I'd open up the window and I'd write late at night and, and, and then I'd have like my coffee out and I'd be sitting there with my eye cl eyes closed and my pen in my hand and I would just be waiting for it to just hit me, right? Well, you don't do that. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so instead, I want you to sit down and just have some fun. Writing to a scenario is cool because instead of giving you what you're writing, I'm giving you an idea that you have to fill in the blanks. So this week, I want you to write a story about being a fly on the wall. Like maybe you're a fly on the wall when somebody's writing their list of things that they got caught doing. How, how fun would that be? Okay, so you write, pick one of our poets. Like say we pick on, oh, who's Shelley Gambino. We could all be a fly on the wall as Shelley Gambino makes her list of things she's got caught doing. It would be really fun to see what we would put on her list, wouldn't it be? Okay, so anyway, write a story about being a fly on the wall. Um, did you have great fun with this? You know, one of the things that I do when I start writing, when I sit down to, to write something, is I think, I think that, actually think that line, what if I were a fly on the wall? What would I see? Kind of gives me a moment with the idea to step outside of myself and step out, my, out of my concept of the idea and gives a quick twist on perspective of what I would originally would have sat down to write with, kind of adds depth to your idea. 
know, a different angle, a different flavor. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind when you sit down to write. Let's step outside of yourself, and that's a really good exercise to do that with. So once again, I want you to write a story about being a fly on the wall. Exercise number two, pick apart a prompt. This is to make you understand that what you do with the prompt before you write to it is much more important than what you write to it. We all have knee-jerk reactions towards its muscle memory, just like, you know, if you're reaching up to catch baseball. You know, you, you hear an idea or a, a word or smell something or hear something and it inspires you and you immediately go to that familiar knee-jerk reaction of what it makes you think of. This is intended to push you away from those, away from the common things, away from the normal, comfortable things you would write about and make you get into more of an uncomfortable place by looking at it differently. So as I give you this, instead of writing a poem, I want you to write the prompt at the top of your journal page. And then I want you to write a list of all of the poems you could write to that. I want you to write a list of all the things that, that the, well, I'll tell you the, the prompt for this week is waterfall. But I want you to think of all the different poems you could write to that prompt. All the things the waterfall could stand for or become or be the voice of. So instead of writing a poem, write a list of all the poems, the different kinds of poems, the different types of poems, the different subjects you could use to write to that one prompt. Again, the prompt is waterfall. And there you go. Now we have your poetry prompts, which are meant to produce poems. Prompts are like seeds planted. They're meant to grow into poems. And with that said, what you do with them is up to you. But the prompt has to be the title of your poem, a line in your poem, or the general concept of your poem. Eight of them, so number your paper one through eight. The first one. Number one, freezing fire, freezing fire. Number two, until the children sleep, until the children sleep. Number three, street shop windows, windows. Number four, alone the silent valley, alone the silent valley. Number five, what I wait for, what I wait for. Number six, the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is. Number seven, followed by old shadows, old shadows. And number eight, way of the nameless, way of the nameless. So remember, you can take these and write a poem, eight different poems, one to each prompt. You can mix and match them. Like you could use line two, line uh, six and eight, and write a poem using those. You can get real froggy and write a poem using all eight prompts into the same poem. That would be fun. Uh, up to you. But remember, that it should be the title of, a line in, or the concept of your poem. And a reminder, number one, Freezing fire, number two, until the children sleep, number windows, number four, alone, the silent valley, number five, what I wait for, number six, 
The Crazy Thing Is. Number seven, followed by Old Shadows. Number eight, Way of the Nameless. All right. Don't forget about our ongoing poetry projects for the year. Once a week, do something, even if it's for like five minutes, do something different, something you normally wouldn't do. Order a different, something new off the menu for lunch. Go to a different place uh, for your break. Uh, go to a different coffee shop. I don't care. Something, something little and simple and easy as that. You know, once a week, do something different, something that surprises yourself. You know, get out of, you have, you have to have that input in order to have output. You know, so, so feed your brain new things. The more new things you put in, the greater things are going to come out. And the next is write a haiku every single day for 360, the end of this 365 days, which is a year, but I don't care if it takes you 600 days to do it. You'll have a whole bunch of haikus. You can pick out like 38 to 60 of them. You have to have a haiku book ready to publish. But the whole point of this project is, is to go out every single day and find something worth 17 syllables. You know, carry a little notebook right you and jot, with you and jot it down. Write it, write it down as you go. You know, even if it's only 15 syllables, I don't care. You can go back and add a couple later. You know, with these little poetic hiccups you see when you're inspired throughout the day, write them down every single day. Find something in life worth 17 syllables. All right. So that is it for the night on your exercises. Remember, if you uh, didn't get those, you can come back listen to the archives and our podcast when it's over. And write them down and take your time going through them. All right. Now, the thing I'm going to do is play an audio track. The one that I picked out to play tonight is Andrea Gibson. It's called Royal Heart. Here you go. You will never be let down by anyone, more than you will be let down by the one you love most in the world. It's how gravity works. It's why they call it falling. It's why the truth is harder to tell. Every year you have more to lose. But you can bury your past in the garden by the tulips. Water it till it is so alive. It lets you go. And you belong to yourself again. When you belong to yourself again, Remember forgiveness is not a tidy grave. It is a ready loyal knight kneeling before your royal heart. Call in your royal heart. Tell it bravery can never be measured by a lack of fear. It takes guts to tremble. It takes so much tremble to love. Every first date is a fucking earthquake. Sweetheart, on our first date, I showed off all my therapy. I flaunted the couch where I finally sweat out my history. I pulled out the photo album from the last time I wore a lie to the school dance. I smiled and said, that was never my style. Look how fixed I am. Look how there's no more drywall on my fist. Look at my wrist. It's not something I have to hide, I said. Well, I was hiding it. The telephone pole still down from the storm. By our third date, I'd fix the line. I said, listen. I have a hard time. I mean, I cry as often as most people pee, and I don't shut the door behind me. I'll be up in your face screaming, Seattle is too rainy. Seattle is too rainy. I'm never going to be able to live here, I sobbed on our fourth date. I can't live here. In my body, I mean. I can't live 
in my body all the time. It feels too much. So if I ever feel far away, no, I am not gone. I am just underneath my grief, adjusting the dial on my radio faith so I can take this life with all of its love and all of its loss because I already know you are the place I'm going to finally sing without any static, meaning I'm never going to wait that extra 20 minutes to text you back. And I'm never going to play hard to get when I know your life has been hard enough already when we all know everyone's life has been hard enough already. It's hard to watch this game we make of love like everyone's playing checkers with their scars, saying checkmate whenever they get out without a broken heart. Just to be clear, I don't want to get out without a broken heart. I intend to leave this life so shattered there better be a thousand separate heavens for all my flying parts and none of those parts are going to be wearing the romance from the overpriced vintage rack, meaning I don't want a single speed bike. If I can't make it up the hill, I know exactly how many gears I'm going to need to love you well and none of them look hip at the coffee shop but they'd all have God saying good job you're finally not full of bullshit you finally met someone who's gonna flatten your kneecaps into skipping stones baby throw me throw me as far as I can go I don't want to leave this life without ever having come home and I want to come home to you I can figure out the rain. That was Andrea Gibson. I absolutely love her poetry. And when I talk about doing exercises like your pick apart a prompt, you know, this is kind of what I'm talking about, the things you can find, because she is exceptional surprising unique imagery that that is absolutely you know line for line is is a emotional brick between the eye as you listen to her read as you read her poetry you know the same impact is in 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 reading her as when she delivers it when she performs it but she's really good at that you know so that this is kind of an example of being able to search out and find those really unique ideas Oh, I absolutely love that piece by her. All right. I want to go ahead and tell you what to expect tonight. If you would like to call in, the number is 646-595-3965. If you're on hold, remember that we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading and that your name is attached to your work. You'll never want to send it out there in the world without uh, people knowing who you are. And then when uh, you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. You want to make sure that people know how to come find you, how to show you some love, and start that whole writing uh, network. Okay, so you want to make sure people know how to find you, so give your URL. And then right now you can do two poems. If the lines get too busy, uh, I'll let you know. We have to change that back to doing just one. I will tell you when it's necessary to do that. That happens on your call. I am so sorry. But right now you're good at reading two. Remember that we have a mature rating, so you're bound to hear just about anything. And on the show, you normally do, with the exception, though, of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Don't get too graphic. 
and we will be good to go. Alrighty, and go ahead and give the first three callers so you know where you are in the lineup and that you're coming up fairly quickly. First caller comes from, as I said, 731, followed by 757, and then 407. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and grab 731. 731, you're on the air. This is 731. This is Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. Hi, Nyla. You sound fantastic. Thank you so much. It's so good to hear from you, sweetheart. All right. Actually, I'm the one who sounds awful. I'm hoarse tonight. I don't know why. I don't hear it. It's because I'm sipping on this coat, which is dangerous. You know, one time I did that, and I posed the question, what if I burp while I'm reading? And you said, I'm going to give you that assignment to write a poem. What if I burp while I'm reading? And I wrote a sign, and I did. It's the only time I ever did an assignment that you gave me. And, and you thought, what a waste. Uh, the only one. Anyway, um, I was going through some old stuff on uh, uh, Facebook because – they talked about dropping our nodes. They didn't. They won't let you put a new one, but the old ones were still there, thank goodness. So uh, so I went back looking. At, and back in 19, uh, 2013, 2013 was the year, I wrote a poem for you and your friend, Debbie Philly. <laughs> so, so here's seven years later. I'll read the poem, and then I have, for years, at the end of some poems, put what I call a disclaimer. When I say disclaimer, that means I'm going to take a minute and what it's about, tell you a little something about it, anecdotal or whatever. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense to everybody, and that's not fair. You know, when I it's, it don't take but a second. The only thing it kind of frustrates me. I've had a lot of people say, hey, Mike, I just want you to know your poem is okay, but I like the disclaimer better. That <laughs> That's not good. That is totally <laughs> not good. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, let me get into this right here, and then I'll do the disclaimer, and then you can go ahead and chastise me. Uh, this is entitled Duetting with Debbie Philly. I should have thought it through before taking the dare. It all sounded so simple, and now I laid it out so well. Here, I don't know the Skykill River from the Delaware. Will I find my rhyme partner in time? Only time will tell. She told me to meet her second boathouse from the right. She'd be wearing her Susanna Foreman feathered hat designed by Cindy. At Fairmount Park, where the lights all come out at twilight, Debbie would not stand me up for our duet debut, would she? When two voices intertwine, one singular sensation in order, but in order for that to occur, I must somehow find her. Boathouses may as well be abandoned without my lost border. I can almost sense her presence in my midst. Could she be near? I really need to see what she has. The performance is tomorrow. 
classic poetry is on the bill, I was never able to grasp that. Those poems, tragic on a good day, most inundated with sorrow. I was hoping to have a practice round with her, maybe even chat. A little lost, one of those times twains don't meet. Regretful, I feigned indifference in an attempt to appear coy. So much for what was supposed to be an epic meeting greet. Now, as in those classic poems of old, girl fails to get the boy. Disclaimer. Nyla Alicia proposed tonight that Debbie Philly slash Michael Todd duet reading of a classic poem on the Reverb Internet radio program would be ideal on a future Sunday broadcast. This poem's about Michael searching for Debbie in her hometown of Philadelphia for the purpose of seeing which poem she has chosen for the two of them to read and maybe practice it. But just as was the case in so many of the classic poems of yesteryear, the girl and the boy just cannot manage to get together. And so it goes. In peace. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) That is awesome. I wish she was here tonight to read that or hear you read that. I'm going to have to make sure that, I, that she has the link. And uh, that was That'd awesome, Michael. Fine. Well, thank I remember you, you sending me much. emails saying, have you heard from Debbie? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, well, that was fun. It's a good night. It's only seven years ago. Ah. <sighs> I know it's so long, right? Mm-hmm. It was still in summertime. It was in August. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? That's all I got. So uh, I'm going to step aside now and look for the next people. And uh, y'all have a great time tonight. I'll see you next week. All right. Thank you so much. Great job, honey. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Michael. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 757. 757, you're on the air. Hey, Nala, it's Tamiko Barnett. How are you? Hey, Tamiko, how are you, sweetheart? Hold on. Oh, no, we're going to find out when we, we got a president um, on Christmas Eve. Um. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, just in, enjoying the new things that are happening here. In, in I think it's just so crazy. You can tell, I mean, I worked, I've worked in the media since I was 17 years old. Okay, and and so working behind the scenes in the media, you get a much different picture of America and manipulation and, you know, the whole sheep aspect of people. You know, it's just like on Facebook, somebody posts something and they repost it a hundred times and just because it was posted in a meme, automatically it's true. It isn't. You know, that's why fact-checking is so important and stuff, but sitting there watching the media do stuff to try to shit disturb, to borrow Andy, Andy's uh, word, um, Andrew Scott, by the way. Um, but, you know, just try to stir things up, you know, and then seeing, 
you know, the other side of the media trying to say, look, you know, it's the first time ever we've had this many mail-in ballots. Of course, it's going to take a while, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, just the fact that that is a fact. And I just I love watching the way the, the games, the media is playing through this. And, you know, it's just like everyone just sit back and hold your horses a minute. It'll be fine. I know they're projecting, and it's like, okay, just wait and see. Like, y'all spent all day, all afternoon, all night on Tuesday night reporting, and you knew it was going to be an answer. Like, for what? (laughs) (laughs) I I stayed up all night Tuesday watching until probably about 1 o'clock the next day, just glued Mm -hmm. to the TV watching it, and then it was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, because it's like, I don't think they would have an answer that night. night. It's like, you know, do do that big, that big uh, news reporting the night that y'all know y'all finally got the answer, man. Break through all the programming and say, okay, we know now. (laughs) We know now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Anywho, um... I got two poems, and um, the first one is called, um, they kind of bounce off of each other, the two poems, uh, But and, and I was going to make it one whole poem, and I decided to break it up, so the first Part of the poem is called What Dreams Do, Dark Night of the Soul. There was a dream stirring somewhere, breaking through turbulent imagery in peace. What? (laughs) Why are you always. You did that on purpose. You did that intentionally. You knew. I knew. I didn't. I did not want to uh, prepare you. <laughs> I didn't want to prepare you. Sometimes you. I prepare you for that, but no, I know. You with your sassy side. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I do what I can. Um, <laughs> so is the next one longer? Yes, a little bit. Okay. And I said a little bit. Okay. Um. <laughs> My three syllables. <laughs> um, and the next one is the flip side of this one. Um, I call it saltwater taffy, the light of day. There was a brown-skinned woman standing at the edge of the ocean. The sun was shining on her natural curls and kinks, freeing her from inside in peace. I love that one. Absolutely beautiful, baby. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. I'm still trying to process. I'm just, I'm still all amped up. Sorry, it's going to take me a minute to <laughs> make, take me a minute to come back down. <laughs> you so. I 
I'm just glad that you um talking better and you know, yeah, you Does it sound like I am? It does a little bit, yeah. I guess it's so hard I can't even tell you. I hope you're not sitting there in pain. If you are you need to you know I actually have some tangerine tea, tangerine green tea, right here in front of me. And I also have a glass of wine. So depending on how bad it hurts, (laughs) I'll be ready for it. (laughs) Light pain, tangerine green tea, excruciating wine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I hear you. And that tangerine green tea sounds good. Okay. Well, what? Okay, but I'll tell everybody how to find me. Um, let me see. Where am I? Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, honey, but I'll help you find you if you need it. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there. Oh, oh, God. All I'm doing is drinking cinnamon tea, and I'm sitting here tripping. Okay, um, Facebook, Tamiko Barnett. Um, T A M E K O Barnett with an E on the end. Um, PoetrySuit.com forward slash me forward slash T A M E K O one three. I also have a Tim Book Two dot com page. Um, and that's T I M B O O K T U dot com forward slash Tamiko forward slash Tamiko dot H T M. And um, yeah, I'm sure some other things out there with me. Um, I, I think I got a, like another page, like a blog or something. Um, just look my name up in Google. Some other things should come up, and so that's it. Thank you so much, Nyla. And um, I like that inspiration from the Inkwell about the 100 random sentences. I'm really looking forward to doing that one. That is a lot of fun. It really is because, and and you'll understand. You won't you won't make it to 100, and you'll understand why. You know, but that's your goal is to get to the hundred. So you know, when when the thing that's going to happen happens, you can always go back and finish the hundred later. But you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of fun with it, because once you get through, I mean, it, it's gonna end up being a struggle. You're gonna end up wrestling with yourself on on getting the hundred done, and it's so much fun. You're gonna come up with some crazy shit. <laughs> I mean, stuff. <laughs> But anyway, okay. <laughs> Didn't hit the buzzer and bleep me fast enough, did I? <laughs> no. Bleep, and then that's it. Okay. But thank you so much. You're welcome, honey. Thank you so much. You did a great job tonight. I oh, love them. You. Even though they're short, I love them. <laughs> thank you. Bye, hon. Bye-bye. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code... 407, 407, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Uh, Just uh, trying to recoup from whatever's happening in the nation today. (laughs) You know, 
I know. It changes every day. This is Raymond Bentley. Mm-hmm. Um, and y'all can reach me at Facebook by Raymond Bentley, like the car. Okay. And I got a piece I want to give tonight. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have time for two, but I got one I'd like to share tonight. It's called A New Nature's Leisure. Taken to a levitation, it seems like inspiration. But for what I know, it's not the most of it. But it's carrying me away once again to this great unknown. Though it's my thrust takes me up. A smile will appear, and there, my dear, she'd reap a harvest of virtue. All the flowers with no wings and things of beauty beyond compare. Several young scholars so gauge at this new nature's leisure. And even this comely dew is a dynamic day-night splendor. The gate stretched completely around its fortress like a strong band. In and of itself were all the strongholds and conquering wonders that ever were. Glory was on the other side. In its air and in its midst were endless points of the unknown, just for covering its true intent. The mystical mystery this place hosted left me speechless and carefree. As we approached the fortress on the same accord with the only thing we kept from before we were, the deeper we went, the broader the vast, and comprehension, <laughs> thing there. Thus here he stands in the figure of a man. He's vibrant. He's radiant as ever. Then speaking to me in a whisper of echoes with the labor of love so clever. Are you happy? Are you glad? I bet you don't even remember being sad. Has it been worth it? He said to me, all spawned in glory. Is not the beauty more than his sight? Have not? You beheld the beauty of the Lord, convincing him to be the light of your life. I'm smelling peace in the air. I got a smile on my face. I'm realizing more and more how important it is for me to be here today. I grace you with this covering for your key to this mercy. Now rent your garment and gird your loin, for your supplication has been made known unto me, saying nothing in a whisper. Yet he's revealing all, and I looked deep, and I could see for miles and miles and miles. A bulging people with keys on their lips and power in their hands. They all were girded and making a stand, for comprehension is prevalent when the hurt digs in. So let us go with a vengeance, and the anger of our souls in our hands. We are the glories of him that sends us. There is no condemnation in us. Come, let us go and glean the wasteland. There is a man for every glory that here and now stands. <clears throat> Excuse me. With the host of service and a legion for cover, my Lord jesters with mega power, myopic zeal, and really ready for this paragraph of the rapture. As we remember nothing about what was, and trust in him is totally become us. Having received purpose in this everlasting, we gather even closer together to do the whole will of the ones who sent us. 
with the blood, the glory, the praise, the enclave, and this abyss. This is our pastime while we await his glorious intent. And these are parts of my ways, O luminous one, but how little a portion is heard of me. Eyes have not seen this side of curiosity. With the taste of satisfaction filling my mouth and the omni in my heart, we are then called by name one by one in an unknown tongue. That's my piece. It's called A New Nature's Leisure. It's a few years old, and uh, I kind of like it. <laughs> I thought, you know, it was empowering, but at the same time, it, like, left you feeling like you'd just eaten comfort food at the same time. Uh, great. Great, great. That was the intent. Definitely be comforted by the words that we put together. Yes. Well, awesome job, sweetheart. Go ahead and read your second one if you had a second one to read. Okay. Let's see here. I got one to read. Okay, I'll go with this. So get your intellect straight as to be great and relate to the state where we presently assimilate. Where this open flares, where we stare into the half hole. So, and we be bold and told how to relate to such a trying state that we find ourselves in today. Please don't regurgitate the waste just allowed to surely pass away. Hey, I'll elevate the pace where we relate as if to navigate. Things I once cared never to understand. For to be heard or the spoken word leaves me speechless and carefree. You see, they didn't seem to validate the state where we presently assimilate. I was rattled by your presence like a rat without feet. And I'm thinking, how could this be? I've seen the spoken word, and I can't reiterate for the life of me. You see, we couldn't race the race because we had nothing to set the pace where we validate our intellectual state. Ah, now you see, the mystique of the history lies in the race that sets the pace, letting fun be erased. There's no plays, just work all day. And when we lay, <laughs> or do we lay? See, I can't stay. I got to get away and get to that pace. I can be like him one day. What a chase, what a chase, what a chase. And he calls this great. When I go, I never want to be back. This is my hope. This is my part. So I wait. I wait on life to prosper and then on death to be. But look over there, under the throne, beneath his seat, it's a flaming foundation for a cold block box full of other mystical things that's navigate. Uh, you can find that in my book, Inspiration. You find my book, Inspiration, on Amazon.com. And um, I go by Charles Raymond. Um, it's my ghostwriter's name. His book is called Inspiration. But this is Raymond Bentley. And thank you all for listening. And have a pleasant week, Nyla. And we'll talk to you all again soon. Oh, Thank you, you can so reach me much, on Raymond. Facebook is Raymond Bentley. Okay, Nyla. Bentley like the car. Bentley like the car. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. We'll talk to you next weekend. Okay. Good night. Good night. All right. Our next caller comes from area code two one nine two one nine. You're on the O uh, on the on the air. You'll know why I said O in a minute, but you're on the air. 
Hey, now this is brother on the line from East Chicago, Indiana. <laughs> You're on the O, oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's good to hear from you, sweetheart. Oh, thanks. What do you have to grace us with tonight? Uh, oh, got this poem called A Domino Effect is about to take place. Hold on, hold on. My dear brother and sister, there have been over 9.5 million cases of the coronavirus in these United States of America. Close to 225,000 deaths in contact COVID-19 in these United States of America. All because President of the United States of America downplayed the seriousness of this modern-day pandemic. Over 22 million American jobs were lost through the coronavirus pandemic. Record numbers of unemployment claims taxed outdated assistance at the max. We endured a nationwide shutdown that lasted for nearly three months. The hard on socialized itself to get out essentials and go to work or medical-related People stocked up on toilet paper, food, masks, gloves, and alcohol, anti-bacterial wipes. Republicans reluctantly passed a coronavirus relief package to small businesses and provided extra $600 of unemployment insurance to those who lost their jobs for four months, plus a $1,200 check signed by Donald J. Trump himself as a wage. The child by votes. We all saw George Floyd being murdered by four police officers in Minneapolis on Memorial Day on national television. They led the politics of pure anger and outrage, leading to protests and riots all over America. Black Lives Matter protesters clashing with the police and making calls for complete police reforms and overhauling the criminal justice system. Confederate statues were either removed the face or the face. When Jacob Blake got shot, shot seven times in his back, his nation was on the brink of a civil war between protesters and militia groups. And NBA players boycotted playoff games as a result. The blows of celebrity apprentice currently in the White House, making jokes about people wearing masks. And now it's a nationwide mandate while criticizing the science and calling the coronavirus a hoax. And there's a widespread debate in social media. People are making false claims that their rights were violated and infringed upon. And the fools clowning in stores and restaurants for everyone to watch live on social media. Mass anger, frustration, anxiety, and depression on the rise. Rage and ignorance on full display. Conspiracy spread on social media. Donald Trump refused to announce white supremacists and calling them to be on standby to start a race war just in case he loses this election. Murders and suicides are all-time high. Another a second deadly wave of coronavirus is on the rise as 43 states witness spikes in both cases and deaths. Now, Donald Trump and his band of clowns are attempting to use more suppression tactics. Stop the count. Stop 
Stop the stop the votes. Stop counting the votes. Stop it. Stop mail-in ballots to be counted based on on his false claims of fraud. Mailboxes in predominantly minority communities removed the liberty. Convicted felons in Florida being denied the right to vote if they are delinquent on court costs and fees. In results, a record 100 million Americans cast their ballots by early voting. The Republicans in the Senate held up a second coronavirus relief package to confirm Amy Barrett to the Supreme Court. In results, Supreme Court has a conservative majority for at least 30 years. Obamacare could be ruled unconstitutional in this manner. Roe v. Wade, the danger of being overturned and sex-ed marriages, are risk for being declared legal once again. Now, we all know that this Trump knows he's going to lose. So he's telling all these lies, making all these false claims, and saying outrageous statements like declaring victory early. We know he was trailing the Challenged by electoral votes. And he was on all these rallies and they putting together all these lawsuits in order to gain re-election and acid in the act of desperation. Like the opposing team trying to throw a Hail Mary in the end zone to end the game. I hear brothers and sisters, once Donald Trump loses, the Republicans Republicans will turn on him and they will escort this fool out of the White House on January 20th, 2021. And for the first time ever, we may have a 50 50 split in the United States Senate. So the huge domino effect is already taking place right now in form. You know, like I said, someone listening to you never has to guess where your convictions lie or whether you believe in what you're writing or have to guess what you're thinking. You know, there was a line in there that really kind of stood out to me or an idea that really kind of stood out to me because I believe that it's true. You know, no matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican or, a, you know, believe in the flying spaghetti monster, it doesn't matter. But you said that, you know, if uh, basically if Trump loses the election, that the Republicans are going to turn on him. And I, I 100% believe that is true. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be some, some reality TV show stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job on that, my dear. Okay. Now I appreciate it. Did you have another one you wanted to read tonight? No, that, no, that was it. That was the one I wanted to do tonight. <laughs> All right, um, baby. Go ahead and tell everyone how to find you then. Um, so those who who may who may not may not know me, may not be connected with me on Facebook, I can be found on Facebook on Omar Brother O'Gallon. And uh and you can find me there. I got original quotes. Most of the the poems I read written before they uh Facebook stop stop the stop people publishing notes and uh, as always thank you for your support every week on the Speakeasy Cafe. 
You are very welcome, my dear. So, yeah, Facebook stopped people from being able to write notes on their pages anymore. So, you know, it's like, where do you, where do you just send comments? Now it gets buried. There's no place to go and find a collective of someone's whatnots. It's crazy. And some overlooking right. something, but yeah. All right, my, my dear, thank you for being here tonight. Absolutely great job. And we will talk to you next week. I'll be okay. All right. Thank you so much, hon. Take care of yourself. Welcome. All righty. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 902. 902, you are on the air. Hi. Hello. Hi, it's Balco. Oh my goodness, hey sweetheart, how are you doing? I'm all right, I guess. Well, actually, I'm not. Uh, I keep thinking about your pain. They say there's no such thing as memory of pain, but the thing is, is when you get pain again, you remember it quite clearly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So there's that. All right. I I remember I first came on your show because I wanted to learn how to read publicly. And you have some great readers there, and I don't think I ever really did learn to do it well. I've, uh, oh, I I disagree. Couple... I thought you did great from the very first time you came on. Remember? <clears throat> well, you know, it's hard to hear yourself. You know. Mhm. Um, you hear the words, and you hear sounds, but it's not what the same thing that other people hear, you know? Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, when you talk to someone in person or, or something like that, your voice sounds so much different than when you're, like, being recorded and, and on the phone and stuff like that. But you have a really strong voice, and you, you read very well, so you have nothing to worry about, darling. All right. Well, I've got a couple of short poems about poems and poetry and being a poet and then uh, you know my poems are usually pretty short and then if there's time I have a longer one is that alright? please yes let me know when I finish the first two okay mm-hmm. Okay. so first one is entitled poet I wrote my name on a sign put poet beneath it nicely painted email and telephone number. I did not get any calls or letters, but I don't know what I'd say if I did. Yeah, that's it. I need to have an end poem kind of tone or something I can play. (laughs) Just get a little bell and you can just ring the little bell. Yeah. A little bicycle chime. I have to get a hold of it for next time. (laughs) <laughs> All right. That was that was a poems, great poem, honey. Okay, thanks. All right, the second one. Poems opening doors. Pants dropped, hands on thighs, new room, perspective shifted. Poetic DNA engaged, the mud is in the mind. Calculations turn black, ruins infested with crack, ozone infused with angst, detached with worry, love shared with knives. When I knew hunger, it felt like this. 
that's it. Wow. End poem. That was an incredible. I mean, I, I think that's probably one of the things that I admire most in poetry is when you can write something that's so powerful and then have a last line that just drops like a nail hammered in. I mean, that, that was an incredible last line. It, it really just made the, made the poem even that much better. Well, I intended that last line to tie it all together and have you go in different directions until you got there. Mm-hmm. All right, so do I have time for another poem? Yes, yes. Okay, one's a little bigger than the other. Which one do you want? They're both from the new book I'm working on. You read the one that you want to read. Okay. Well, I was thinking of calling the book uh, title uh, Hard Awakenings, the Morning Papers, the Morning Wood Papers. <laughs> Sorry. No. All right. The Morning Wood um, Papers. <laughs> I got it. I saw what you did there. Okay. All right. So uh, this poem was about a little interaction I had way down in southern Louisiana, below New Orleans, where the bayous and the cypress and the cotton fields all grow. I don't have a title for it yet, but here it is. Sweet lavender stare, lancing out from the Spanish moss hanging the cypress trees. You've been walking the bio edge, tobacco roads and tar paper sheds, dust turning your hair to dreads these cotton fields stretch out under unforgiving suns the sea adding the salt to the mix. Conceptual particles affect my thoughts, warping space and time as much as the margaritas we shared. Higgs, boson, garnish, and Schrodinger fears, voodoo physics, a psychic worm curled in the bottom of the bottle, psychedelic as the alligators flying through the bayou mire. Witch enough to catch ash in the wind, to brew potions of lust and marry the zombie king. You led me along, although you knew I am an, an adherent of Polo. Of, I am an adherent of Apollo. Your darkness might not might abide the light, but my sun doesn't shine at night. Not be but you who would flay my soul for simply being alive. But I am not limited in my power, stripping the flowers from the rose and cultivating thorns. I've grown the empress's pomegranate, chucked the seeds and made a boat sailing north on the Mississippi Grand. I've fled to colder climes, but I have yet to escape the flood of bats that invade my dreams. End poem. That was phenomenal. But I have to tell you, I'm I'm still back on I'm still back on the title of the book. <laughs> yeah, well, it's and I've come up I with a title a semi, for you. I need a good title. It's a, a semi-fictitious memoir. Uh, it's going to uh, bring in my own illustration. I, I've been an artist for forty years, and. Uh, um, a narrative to tie the poems together. It's a poetry book, but the narrative 
maybe somewhat, uh, what's the term, stream of consciousness style of uh, flash poems, in a sense. Prose poems, though. So this is one of the poems for that book. Still needs some work, though, I think. Oh, I love it. So you ready for your title? Yeah, what is it? You're going to kill me. Everyone's going to kill me. I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. The title for your book is Clear Cutting Morning Timber. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm going to kill you. But I won't be able to because once you've done that, I'll be dead. <laughs> well, you brought up the I'll whole wood thing. Right so, like, how could you say that differently? Timber. Yeah. And so if no, you're writing it out, writing it out, what you're doing, you're like clear cutting morning timber. You want to clear-cut my manhood, darling. <laughs> no, no, no. Nice. I'm talking about the. I'm using using a metaphor for writing it out. You know, you, you, you oh, get okay. passionate about something and you write it down and you write it out. But I was using your plan words. Okay, I'm shutting up totally now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I managed to completely miss that. So much for subtlety. <laughs> no, right. no, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to chop off your manhood. I promise. Oh, well, thanks. I, I appreciate it. You're that. very welcome. So You're very you, welcome. Yeah. What are friends for? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So I can right. be found, Tell how to find on, Good. Yeah, on Twitter, at Weird. Uh, that's W-Y-R-D-E. Um, and on Facebook, as my name, Bauke Kampstra. I'm listed in the chat there. Nobody ever knows how to spell it. I miss it half the time. <laughs> well, my mom's still working on it. Okay, so I on put my name it. there in the chat. Yeah, and I can be found on uh, Facebook. I'm still working on my positively weird website. <laughs> Get that up. That's a good right. title for your uh, book. Nice talking to you. Yeah, maybe. I've been using it a long time as my handle. I'm not sure if that'll be the way to do it. But I appreciate the suggestion, except for the previous one. <laughs> oh, well, that was genius, and you know it. All right, honey, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> okay. Be good. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, hon. Uh, I'm always opening a mouth and inserting foot. All right, our next caller. Area code 609. 609, you are on the air. Hi there, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? Okay. It's uh, William Beck. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's good to hear from you, William. Yeah. I. Uh, how are you um, viewing the political landscape right now? I'm, I don't like the shit-disturbing media mongering, reporting, trying to fill airspace to keep people watching their station, telling the same story over and over again. I don't like the way people are trying to incite rumor or conspiracy where there is none. And I cannot believe that people do not have enough common sense to understand the whole, this was the first time that we've sent mail-in ballots to an entire state, and it's going to take a while to count them. You know, how how they expected polls to close at 7 and have millions of them calculated by 11. That's just beyond me. Okay, that's what you asked. That, that's what I feel. 
<laughs> well, and you, sir, the, and you have every right to your opinion and we should be able to have these discussions without people getting all wacky and picking up guns and you know doing all exactly. sorts of crazy things because this is supposed to be a place where you're able to do that you know and we've got to get I think I think the elections have underscored certain things in bold relief um I think the democrats have figured out some things that they've got a long way to go. They lost some people in the Senate. And, um, you know, I think both sides may hopefully realize that we have to work together um, to bring this country back together. And we can do it. We've been through worse. We've been through a civil war. We've been through world wars. We can do it. You know, we, I, I really, this is going to sound really stupid, but right now, if I could wave my magic wand, I would sit everybody down in a chair and make them binge watch Little House on the Prairie. Because <laughs> anything that you need to know about being a good community member, you learn on that show. And that sounds kind of stupid, but it is the, the absolute 100% truth. Nobody in that community had money, but they all lived good lives. Why? Because it was a community. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, we just we just need to be a community and stop relying on other people to take care of us. And some take of care it of is other. leadership. I mean, bad bad leadership can hurt a society, mm-hmm. as we've seen. But we also, you know, where do leaders come from in a democratic society? They come from us. You know, I I knew someone. Years ago, who was a protester, liberal protester, who used to say, um, the U.S., when it comes down to it, is us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it's that simple. And, you know, and we either make it a wonderful country or a terrible country, and it has to start with us. And so we need, you know, but um, I think... Uh, to me, it's a sign that the democracy is working, that the go- a lot of the governors have stood up and are making sure the votes are getting counted in the I proper agree. way. That's making um, me very that, proud. That's a sign. And to go uh, along with what uh, I can't remember his name, but previous poet that was on here that was talking about um, the – Republicans, as soon as the Republicans secured their careers, now that they've got their seats and he's clearly losing, you're already seeing um, them start to turn. And there was one new, I think one guy that just uh, got a seat again, I think it was from Illinois, and he stood up on, I think on Twitter, he told the president, just stop, stop, full stop. It's a, it's almost a haiku. What he said, what he said. It's like full stop, stop. If it's not you a know, haiku, what, you need to you need to write it. <laughs> you know, I I mean, but really, and then he was really eloquent, and and when they interviewed him, they they because he's the first one of the first people to really on the Republican side to really stand up to him and start saying something. And um, 
the commentator on CNN was interviewing him, and she was taught, using the metaphor of, of trying to reason with Trump. Like, like she said to him, don't you feel like you're roaring at the ocean at this point? And he said, better to roar at the ocean than to drown in it. Ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and so he was rather eloquent, but at the same time, you can see people thinking about, well, he's right. I mean, he's right on. I I would agree with him. It sounds like there's also a lot of self-preservation um, in with what with what he said. And but I think that that you're right. The Republicans are going to start to back away from him and they should stand up uh, for the we have seen a few people. I can't say there haven't been any Republicans standing up to him thus far, but it hasn't been many. Um, it hasn't Somebody been many. Somebody just but, needs to remind our current president that he is not a king. He is an employee. Well, he, he is they, our right. employee, and he works for us, and he needs to just toe the line. Well, but it, you know, at some point, somebody, whether it's McConnell or people on his staff or, you know, or one of the Bushes or somebody is going to sit him down and explain that that come inauguration, whether he plays nice or not, he needs to pack up his ball and bat and go home. <laughs> he had four years and, you know, he's not going to, we haven't, he, I mean, we've had some pretty awful presidents, even Rutherford B. Hayes, who stole the election in 1886 and set back race relations in this country in one fell swoop, swoop about 85 years. Awful. Um, even he didn't I mean he blatantly stole an election and even he did not try to um stay past a term. You know what I mean? We've I mean we've had some people do some terrible things. Um but uh, you know Nixon uh, who was pretty bad um when it came down to it he left peacefully. Yeah. He didn't, you know, he left office peacefully. So, so William, but I'm hard. I'm, I'm gonna, actually I'm hard. Back on track here. I've got to get us oh, back I'm on track. Oh, I'm sorry. Here. No, you're Let's up. get you're back fine. on track. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just got a, a ping saying, "Hey, I want to read a poem." <laughs> okay, so, no, no problem. Oh, wait, did we go off on a tangent? I'm so sorry, buddy. You, <laughs> you made me duck walk first. I know. I'm bad at that. So I'm a, yes, a you are. A tangent initiator. You are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so. Uh, this first one is called – you're all right if I put you on speaker? You won't get offended? No, uh-uh. as long as we can still okay. hear you well. If we can't, I'll let you know. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. So this first one is called The Cosmos Unchained. The cosmos unchained, the scream unbound, daylight delusion, spectral detritus, 
of a waking dream profound, crawling along the labyrinth of a digital mind, humanity perished in a soul refined, whispered mutterings, a wingless dream demurred, eternity impales herself before destiny without a word. A shadow grows on the light sublime, peeling no from where, skinning space from time. And somewhere in the midst of lust's desolation, and somewhere amid limbo's gentle abominations, love burdens me with you. (laughs) Thank you. I loved that. I absolutely love that. Did you like that? Yeah. I love the twist at the end was perfect. Um, I think there's somehow maybe some, some EE Cummings in there somewhere, um, you know, or at, le- at least, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, uh, my stuff goes all over the place. I mean, you've heard enough of, of my stuff to know I write some, very traditional form stuff and then, you know, uh, form poetry, but, or structured poetry. And then I'll write stuff that is not, uh, but let me find there's, um, well, you know, it, another when you, poem. you just said that about that one. What I really liked about that is because even the, the, I don't want to say abstract style of the poem, um, but the the jitteriness, I guess, is the word in it. The way it, there, it, what am I trying to say? The way it skipped like a record. You know, Have I really left you at a loss of words about my poem? No, 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 no. no. You know, you talk about the E.E. E. Cummings, E.E. Cummings um, feel to it, you know, and E.E. E. Cummings did that too. It was like a record skipping from thought to thought. You know, there was that. There was that so you, there's like a turmoil in the in that poem that you hear when you're reading it, and that comes even more to life with the ending of that with the, with the ending line when you get that twist at the end. It makes you. It, it's. I thought it was amazing. I really really like it. Well, thank you. Um, maybe maybe one day I'll pub. Uh, I'll, some stuff is published. A lot of stuff is not. Um, and. Um, I'll do one more. Again, my name is William Beck, and um, this is one I've actually said that I was going to read, and it has to do with the passing of my sister-in-law, and it's called One Last Cup of Coffee. It's a little bit longer, so I'll get to it. One Last Cup of Coffee. I see the tin in the coffee aisle, and even the name is exotic, a name that sounds like Seraglio or Saturnalia or Regalia, expensive, exotic, fit for a gourmet's palate. And as I buy the expensive and ornately decorated coffee coffee tin, I'm not thinking that it was Christine's favorite brand of coffee. I take it home. I put the grounds in the coffee maker. 
I breathe in the rich fragrance and listen to the coffee percolate and close my eyes. And I see in a soft November rain as we ate Thanksgiving dinner. I see my father with his arm around her two years before her death. One looks pale and is wearing warm coats and blankets at a ball game on a warm May day. I see my father telling me later, there's something wrong. No one's saying anything yet, but I want you to know we're sure she's pretty sick. I see the priest administering last rites. I'm watching her frail chest move weakly up and down, looking with shock at her cadaverous form, no longer completely of this world. I feel the stinging rainfall as we lower her casket on Valentine's Day. And I remember the quiet times when we'd have coffee and fancy pastries she'd baked while we waited for my brother to come home from work. And I am wishing that I could have that last one, that one last cup of coffee. And the aroma is so rich and overpowering now. And I look up and I realize that I've set out and poured coffee for two. And while my cup is full, my guest cup appears to be half empty. A warm wind blows through the closed window on this cold day. The clock on the wall reads 11-11. And I'm thinking, maybe I just got my wish. Thank you. That was awesome. It made me cry. You know, it's, That really struck a chord with me because you always say that when someone dies, the body is organic. It can't last forever. It has an expiration date, and it has to go at some point. But the person never really does. They stay with you. You know, and everything that they left their fingerprints on makes them walk with you every single day. And how you can walk through... You could be walking through a room, totally, everything's totally normal, and something will happen. You slip into that time machine, into that stopwatch where everything just stops, and you wake up like you talk about in your poem, and it's hours later, and you don't know what happened. You you just let yourself free fall into that so deeply and let it envelope you. And it was just awesome. Well, I, um, there was um, a reading that I did of that uh, poem at a place that's, uh, I don't know if it's there anymore in Point Pleasant. It was, there was a, a coffee house there, Green Planet or something. I, I don't remember. And, um, and I totally broke down. Wow. I was reading, you know, I definitely got emotional, um, which I didn't expect to have happen. 
and there was a young crowd, and there were a lot of um, dudes. There were some women, a lot of dudes, but I'll tell you, um, everybody was very empathetic. I mean, it's, it certainly seemed to strike a nerve. You know, you're you're talking about something very, very personal, and all of the imagery in your poem is something very personal, and we know that. We can tell that. I could tell that while you were reading, you know, that you were reading something very, very personal, but at the same time, you were talking about me. At the same time, you were talking about every man and lady in that audience, you know, because you were you so perfectly described that emotion. That moment well, that we all go through you. I mean, lost somebody. It, I mean, what it made me think about was getting ready for the show today. And I always bring something to drink and I always bring quiet food with me to the show. Because the show comes on right during my dinner time, right? right. So I always bring something to munch on in here. And never fail, Charles C.B. Banks would come on and he would tease me about food. So when I was getting ready for the show today and I started trying to make, you know, figure out what I was going to eat. I don't know if I will ever be able to do that again without Charles being a part of that with me. You know, just as he has always been. And so your poem really touched me. Well, thank you. You know, I, I, but I, when I do imagery, you know, I, my thing when, when, and this was initially when I was uh, trying to work out doing love poetry and it's extended to other things is that, you know, how do we keep this stuff from being stale? How do we keep this from being, uh, you know, um, cliched? And part of the answer is to use images, I think, uh, that, that have meaning to you. Are you Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> I'm okay. 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 Uh, did when did Charles when did Charles pass? Just this last week. Oh my! Ago. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's real recent, real sudden. He was. Oh a, my goodness. I don't know if you got a chance to know him well, but he's been been with us. You know, spent 15 years. He's been on the show with us. I knew him even before I started the show, and um, he had a, a stroke a couple of days ago, and and we lost him. And so, yeah, it was kind of hard. Oh my god. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you know, your your poem was beautiful. You know, and it made me think about, you know, how I, he's still here with me. He'll always be here with me. And and I definitely believe that um, Yoda was right. We are, we are luminous beings. We are not the, you know, the crude matter that you see. That's not, uh, and the best part of us when we die, it's the shell that dies and the part of us goes somewhere else. Of course, that's you know it's I lost my father in April and you just lost Charles and that's not going to help you with the fact that right now you're you know you're reeling from the fact that you know you're not going to be able to talk to him again yeah it's like 
I'm not going to be able to talk to my father. You're going to get me going, yeah. and we're both going to be bawling on here. But, um, you know, and but I know that the best part of him is somewhere out. And, and I used to be a lot more agnostic, but the thing was there were things that happened when my sister-in-law, same one I wrote this film about, passed that made me realize we don't we don't really I mean we do die I know she's gone I know my father's not in denial about that but um, you know I know that the best part of them is somewhere else and I believe yeah. uh, I believe very much that Charles and unfortunately I didn't get to know him um, yeah. I didn't really know I'm a late comer to this show but um, but I'm very sorry. You, it sounds like you need to take some time. I don't want to tell <laughs> you what to do, but um, you you need to to you know uh, grieving takes time, and you need to be gentle with yourself and let yourself grieve. All of us, I think, are grieving this. I mean, he was such a huge part of our community and so loved by so many people and touched so many people. Um, well, I'm sorry I didn't. I'm, that, I'm sorry I didn't I didn't know him, and I'm. No, that's I, that's. It, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> appreciate the fact that you that this touch that this touched you, uh, that this moved you. It's a it's a compliment. It really did, and in a beautiful way. Thank you. Um, in a very beautiful way. So, maybe at at this point, uh, I feel like a, a schmuck kind of bowing out when you're vulnerable. No, but, you're okay. Um, Tell everyone how they can find you, and I'm always vulnerable, uh, whether it's I bite my tongue or I trip over a word or whatever. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're wonderful. Um, William M. Beck, uh, that last one was called One Last Cup of Coffee. If there's anybody out there that would like to help me get a chapbook published or how I, you know, I every once in a while I, I try to look for um, – for venues for poetry and anyone, anyone I run into who who knows anything about publishing is like, you mean the poetry non-market, you know? Um, send me but, send um, me some information. Send me send me an, a message on on uh, Facebook, and I'll send you um, a place. There's a place I go through when I when I work on looking for journals and stuff like that to publish my writing in that I use. So I can send you that information. Yeah, maybe we could talk off of this, you know, um, I'm I'm an old schooler and I like to talk on the phone. So um, I've been told by many younger folks that that makes me an old fart. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm being told I'm old school in many ways. But um, I don't know. I feel like a little kid all the time. That's the thing. I feel like I'm 10 all the time. But... Um, but yes, um, William M. Beck on Facebook, and um, I guess I'll probably have to get my own site one of these days and put my poetry on there and, and get with it and blog or something. Uh, it's a lot of people do that and um, put a book together or something. But yes, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit you up on your website and maybe we can uh talk further off you know but um okay so uh whoever is coming up next is mad at me at this point so um <laughs> so 
I'm going to, but I blame it on you. Okay. I, I, I'm going to pass it. the buck. Um, and uh, thank you so much. And um, you take care of yourself, okay? Thank you, William. And, Appreciate uh, your reads tonight. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, hon. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 503. 503, you're on the air. Hi. How are you? It's good to hear your Johnny, voice. <laughs> my Johnny boy. Hi. Oh, no, my. You're going to sing to me. You actually have a voice again. I'm, I'm impressed. Ah, <laughs> you so call that a voice? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> You're my voice. No, I'm sorry to hear about Charles. Um, yeah. Uh, he befriended me on Facebook right after I started reading poetry on your show. And yeah. one of the things I remember him saying in the comment was when I um, I complimented him on a poem and I said, I wish I could write like that. And he says, find your own voice. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm always going to remember him saying to me. So anyway. That's a beautiful um, memory. Yes, it is. It is for a man I never met, but you know, it was you know, it was fun to play you know, play words with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyway, um, let's see. Last time I called in, uh, it, Christopher was uh, you know hosting the show, and mm-hmm. he said something on air, and I said, "Oh, that's a poetry prompt for me," and uh, so I ran with that. So I have this nice sonnet. Just, was it written to his prompt? Yeah, basically, um, you said he said something, you said something, he said something on the air, and I said, oh, that would make a good poetry prompt for me. All right. Come on. All right. Let the mystery be told. Uh, this <laughs> sonnet is called How to Get Your Muse Stoned. Sing your best <laughs> song. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so, so I remember now. Start over. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sing your best song. One all can sing along. Strawberry wine is fine, but teaching a muse to toke is sublime. Make her feel as one. She is so very young. Smoke kissed my muse once over. I knew I would never hold her. Still, she laughed at all my rhymes. Five score and still so young, she invites me to the drum. My other muse is flown. Now she stands alone, out of reach. But I can still hear you. End of song. <laughs> I gave him, for yeah. those of you that don't know, I gave him that prompt because he was the first person in my life that ever got me stoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I was yeah. I, when I was freshman in high school. You know, I'm sorry I can't run for president because I have to admit it. Yes, I got high before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice. such a beautiful sunshiny day and we were out on the hill and there was green grass and trees and the breeze and and yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that. Well, I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> I love your poem. Now the FBI is after me, but you know. <laughs> I was 24 and an adult able to make my own decisions. Yeah, right. I was held back in school 17 years. 
<laughs> okay. I, I covered your ass, babe. We're oh good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, Christopher, is his last name start with an R? Yes. Oh, my God. He's got a Palmer girl. Christopher, if you're listening, you got your hands full. That's why they call them Palmer girls. Right, <laughs> What's <I'm> that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Ryan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a little inside joke there. I get all my <laughs> gossip about you from, you know, like Facebook. So, you know, I never know. I never know what's <laughs> really going on. That could be fake news. I, I am, I, yeah, really, it could be. You never know. Maybe I'm just <laughs> like, you know, trying to lie about stuff. <laughs> Five years ago, you told me you didn't have time for a relationship. Uh, who said I do now? <laughs> well, sounds like you do. Time is relative, and, and relationships make relatives. So yeah, relative. that's true. I am not making anything. <laughs> My making machine is broken. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> There's no making of anything. <laughs> uh, uh, well, maybe not organic, but keep going. Although I think your words are kind of organic. That's kind of interesting. That's true. Hey, John, you going to read something else tonight? Uh, I don't know. Um, God, again. You know, I only come prepared for one. But you know you're supposed to read two, so I don't feel sorry for you. Oh, you don't. Because you know. You know it's what you're supposed to read, too. Yeah, but the other one's always been something I've already read, you know? But there's people listening tonight that haven't heard it before. Well, that's probably true. If they're lucky, they haven't heard it before. (laughs) Mm, I don't know. It's getting close to Thanksgiving. Should I read my Thanksgiving poem? You could read that if you want, because I think we're going to be doing a show on Thanksgiving this year. Oh, well, let me read my annual Thanksgiving poem. This was created because you gave me a poetry prompt like four years ago. And, uh, <laughs> I remember I, it. I love this poem. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And uh, it seems like every year on Thanksgiving I read it, so we'll do it a little early. The 12 Days of Thanksgiving. Day one, we ate turkey and listened to Alice's Restaurant. Day two, we ate more turkey sandwiches than we could count. Day three, we ate turkey soup with tomatoes and rice. Day four, we ate turkey burritos. The change was nice. Day five, we ate the leftovers cold. No one wanted to bake. Day six, we round up some turkey and made hollandaise cakes. Day seven, we took a break and ate nothing but vegetables. Day eight, we got yelled at for not eating the turkey on the table. Day nine, in a panic, we ate turkey until we blew. Day 10, we turned green when we saw more turkey stew. Day 11, we protested and called a general ruckus. And day 12, we were thankful when mom threw out the carcass. Happy early Thanksgiving. I love that poem. See, that to me, that's like... That is a perfect example of why I absolutely am obsessed with giving out prompts and exercises <laughs> and and homework and things like that. Because that was just a silly conversation we had, and that prompt came up, and I said, and now it's become, I, I mean, first of all, you nailed it writing it. It's a fantastic, fun, amazing no, poem. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's seriously no, it's so fun. much fun. And it's become such mm-hmm. a tradition here. 
you know, and it was just oh, a, sil- a silly prompt that was thrown out impromptly. Mm-hmm. And well, now that exists. <laughs> well, and you know, um, writing list poems are, are really, you know, it's a traditional style that is really adaptable to whatever the person wants to do. You know, I mean, throw up on a piece of paper all the things that you think about one simple subject, you know. The way I learned it is you put the name of the subject in the middle of the paper and then you just start writing little bubbles, you know, extending from it. You know, and pretty soon you have a really good little list poem. That one was nice because you limited me to 12. So I had to build build momentum, you know what I mean? (laughs) It, it, I absolutely love it. I really do. You should record that. You should, you know, you should put some kind of like Jim Stafford-ish type music behind it, you know, where, <laughs> and and run record that in in song form and send it to me, and I'll uh, I'll upload it. Uh, well, we'll see what I can do about that. <laughs> and maybe come up with a little short little chorusy thing in between the days, make it a Thanksgiving oh, song. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, you need to yeah, do it. But if I if I did a short little choristy thing in between the days, that would make it twenty four verses long. Well, no, you don't do between not between song. each day, like between <laughs> maybe between every four days. Then you'd only have it three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a five golden rings kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Something, <laughs> mm-hmm. something in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. Uh, my son is doing Thanksgiving this year, and uh, he's doing a Hobbit-themed Thanksgiving. And really? So I oh, have... I want to be your son's friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds like fun. Uh, he's got an actual Hobbit cookbook that he's going to try and cook out of. I am in charge of uh, breakfast steaks from the Shrier, which are basically hard-boiled eggs wrapped in sausage and baked. Um, and I'm also bringing the elven cheese from Rivendell, uh, which is goat cheese. All right, so I have to send you a jar of my dragon candy. Ooh, okay. I just got through canning dragon candy today. And what is that? Dragon candy is is like a sweet and sour jalapeno. Oh. They're candied jalapenos. (laughs) Sounds like fun. Dragon candy. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like a good jalapeno. Okay, shoot me over your address in a message, and I'll send it to you for Thanksgiving. Okay, you'll have to look for it on uh, Facebook Messenger because uh, (laughs) I don't, I don't have you show up on the line. Um, That's fine. I can do that. Okay. All right, John, tell everyone how to find you, love. I know, right? Oh wow. I am um, completely stuck inside. Uh, downtown is a freaking mess. Uh, my church got broken into. My God. The video shows this guy actually stopping in the middle of a riot, breaking into the church, and another rioter pulling his ass back out and telling him to knock it off. Wow. <laughs> church. Uh, no, I don't know what's happened to my city. <sighs> okay, I'm done whining. You can't find me. I'm I'm stuck in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can find you. I, I know how to stalk people. All right, John. Great job tonight. Next Peace week, by the you. way, is our anniversary show. If you want to write anything for our anniversary show, it'll be our 14th oh, okay. anniversary. Excited okay. about that. All right. Lucky number 14. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, peace be with you. You as well. Bye, honey. Awesome, Mr. John Kays. All right, our next caller comes from area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Nyla Tay. Hey, Robin, <laughs> how here. are you? I'm here, ma'am, as per ordered. <laughs> there really is a Hobbit cookbook. I want that cookbook so bad. <laughs> how to cook Hobbit? Oh, no, not how to cook Hobbit. <laughs> the unexpected cookbook, the official book, <laughs> official book of Hobbit cooking. Mm-hmm. That is like awesome looking. Oh. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just. Uh, I have a couple of things here. I, I have coding reality that I wrote uh, while I was listening or just before I was li- Yeah, pretty much just at the beginning of the show because I was talking about, I've been talking about some of the things I've been getting into and I'm uh, teaching myself coding now. I think I mentioned that last week. But I'm teaching myself coding mostly HTML, which is, you know, most people know is, is, is like website design sort of stuff. But I'm also teaching myself Python because that's the one that scientists use a lot, especially astronomers. And those that know me well enough here know that I, I've, I've loved astronomy literally since ever, <laughs> my first days. And I have one uh, picked out for Bauke, but uh, I lost track of it. But then you mentioned fingerprints, and uh, I, I have this one poem called Disappearing Fingerprints. It's one of my favorites. For the way it's written and the way it syncs up with the music, because uh, it's a, it's uh, Debussy's treatment of of um, the gym, Gymnopédie by Eric by Eric Satie, and um, hopefully this one will pull too much at your heartstrings. I know it's fresh for you. With uh, I was sad to hear about CB. He was one of he was one of the uh, most uh, well humored, you know, uh, good good sort of good generous sense of humor sort of guys and those people are to me those, those kind of people are like gold because good humor and kind of a light heart is uh something that is you come across less and less these days he was a very genuine person there was nothing yeah, hidden with that yeah. man yeah exactly exactly and uh yeah his humor was like right from the heart you know <laughs> and so uh, okay, coding reality and disappearing fingerprints. So, coding reality. In, be it a dream of reality, the experience of existence must be codified, put into a language that leaves all experience framed and defined. Whether linguistic or statistical, many essences remain the same. Only the experience and language of it remains changed. It can fascinate one how different vocabularies can express the same experience, the same essence, the same resonance and feel, the same series of events framed in different languages, in infinite refrains and torrents of zeros and ones. The language keeps evolving, as the experience does too, a co-evolution of language and experience, leaving one dizzied with the possibilities of things, again, whether it be reality or all a dream and that is called coding reality which i just 
wrote like uh, yeah like at the beginning of the show it was a little I found it a little harder to write to get the kind of flow that I wanted and express the ideas that I wanted but I think it's pretty much there and so this is disappearing fingerprints and as I said this is uh, set to it's uh, Eric Satie so it's the Gymnopédie number one and it's the orchestral treatment of it by Debussy and this music's just beyond description to me so just click on that here Disappearing fingerprints. Fingerprints are disappearing, fading from the universe's display. Starlight's imprints fading away into obscurity as sunlight makes its way, dipping below the horizon, never to be seen again. The fingerprints of the universe are disappearing, falling victim to dying for unknown reason. As the lines of sand that are drawn for ocean, by ocean's tide, they slowly fade away, as they mix with the surrounding sands, till the evidence of them is by shifting sands washed away. I feel the fingerprints of other hearts' beatings fade away, too. No more beats of heartbeats to tell us of the tone of feeling that is felt by a stranger who passes our way. I tremble a bit at this mystery of fingerprints fading, wondering at what force has the universe fading, dissolving into thoughts without substance thoughts that hold no substance or story, thoughts that simply fade and die away. Fingerprints are disappearing, the imprint never felt upon skin of human, as the mass of humanity that I now see, it no longer leaves an imprint on me. I hope that someday I can understand, comprehend what this force is that causes the fading, but perhaps this is not meant to be known by me. And as I think upon it, I grow to fear it, for I feel that perhaps if I grow to know the face of it, that perhaps this same force, it will simply cause me to fade away. Uh, and that is disappearing fingerprints. And that was more speaking on the cosmic scale of things. Like they talk about the, the heat death of the universe or the big freeze or the big crunch or rebound, like one of the whatever way that the universe will either cease to be, you know, ultimately cease to be, or, it'll, or you know, or, or whether it goes into a crunch and just rebounds into a new universe. So, it uh, it speaks more to that than uh, on a personal level, although you could probably, if someone read that, they could probably feel that themselves, depending on their experience and their frame of mind, I would think. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, fantastic job. I know you weren't feeling mojo tonight, but I wasn't going to let you get away with that, so I'm glad you called in and shared with us tonight, Robbie. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if I don't call in, then, then my water dish is empty, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I cracked the whip. Get your butt on here. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's an incentive for you. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I I can be found at uh, Robbie's Multimedia Poetry at Facebook. And if you go there, you'll see all the links that I'm uh, connected to. And uh, I'm always editing and all that. And uh, one more thing just came to my mind. 
It's just it's something I kept meaning to tell you that would make you laugh. I know you'd appreciate this because you're always teasing me in that. And um, there's this one other. She, she's a hostess of a music show, and she likes to tease me too. And uh, I guess it seems to be a theme in my life. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I can't remember what I said in chat. But she says, "Robbie, I'm going." And I have to. I'm just doing the British accent because I have to. She says, "Robbie, I'm going to slap you." No. You'd like it. <laughs> and, I just, <laughs> and I just cracked up so bad. And I said, I'm thinking to myself, Am I, are you sure you're not Nyla? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyway, That's funny. one more thing to make. Yeah. Oh, and for uh, for Balk, there, it's a R-O-B-B-Y-S, not, uh, not the R-O-B. People, uh, people tend to think it's the other spelling. I think it's seems to be the more natural spelling, but for some reason I've gone with R-O-B-B-Y. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So R-O-B-B-Y-S, Robbie's Multimedia Poetry. Awesome. Anyways, I will let you go to to uh, speak to your next poet. <laughs> All right, hon. We'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. And you bet. Thank, Thank you, you Robbie. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 903. 903, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you doing tonight? This is Eric Shelman. Hey, Eric. How are you, sweetheart? Doing good. Uh, I am glad you are here. Thank you. Glad to be on your show as well. I got uh, one of my old poems from my first book. It's called Diversify and Enlighten Your Alphabet. And then did over uh, 100 ABC poems. And then I'm going to read another poem, too. Awesome. If okay. I got time. All right. So, they, so all my – so about five of my ABC poems are actually titled, and then all the rest aren't. So – they're like a puzzle that you have to figure out what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> but anyways, some are, yeah, some are just a mess. All right, this <laughs> one's funny. I like it. So the auspicious bears criticized ecstatically, furnishing guttatorial hysteria, insigning jauntiness, killing loathingness, mesmerizing, neighing, obscenely, press firing, Quaffs, or quaffs, my bad. Quaffs, religiously, superstitiously, telling untold whining, asylums, yesterday's zipper. That's the end piece. <laughs> Loved it. Thank you. You're Appreciate welcome. Appreciate it. And your second one? And, uh, yeah, my second one. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. That's going to be another funny one, actually. I don't know if I read it on your show yet. So I had this idea that I was going to write a children's book of poetry, and I was—I'll tell you afterwards. So, but anyway, it's called Cows, uh, Calves Moo. Calves Moo, whenever they feel down and blue, hungry and thirsty too, being chased after and body grow, bodies pains grow, bit off more than they could chew. Mama cow loves, cares for, and protects them too. Teaches them when to moo and when not to. Correcting them when they're in the clear. 
mistakes being righted when wrong. That's in peace. <laughs> I love it. I'm really surprised you didn't bring something about the election tonight. Kind of oh, a nice thank break. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go into massive detail about that, but that's all right. You know, we're all entitled to our opinion. Um, uh, I didn't write anything about the politics because, uh, I don't know. I didn't probably just didn't want to bore anybody. And <laughs> I think politics gets boring after a while. So, yeah, but I was pretty glued to the TV for the first day and a half. I can't even look at it now. Yeah. My dad too, as well. And I watched, I watched some of them, but the problem with the polls that I saw were the reporters weren't, they were doing their job, but it was all percentages. And some of them already deemed certain states to go either way. Like there's one state that had 2% voters in already. And they went ahead and said, oh, this was, this is a winner. And I'm like, what? And I don't trust polls anyway, but I think yeah. they're rude. But, you know, it is what it is. So, but yeah, I don't want to bore everyone with that. So I just, I thought I'd read something funny and entertaining. Uh, I got a friend on Facebook. Uh, he actually been posting a lot of funny stuff. And uh, <laughs> it basically just helps, you know, right now. The world is a mess. And especially the election doesn't help either. So. Well, great job tonight, and we are going to talk to you next week, right? Yep, and awesome. I should be writing my poem finally, and I can read my dedication poem because I never got a chance to last few years. Next week, so. next week is our anniversary show. Next you know? week, that's right. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> You're Give me very some time welcome. to write, and uh, I'm also working on my travels book still. I got 15 poems, which were countries outside the U.S. that I went when I was a sailor. And I got about, I think, five or six uh, poems or states to do, and I already did a couple of them. And uh, then I'm going to be doing, when I was in the Navy, that I went on my own, and some with the Navy too. (laughs) But then I'm going to be doing my travels as a boy, and then I'm going to be doing travels a friend of mine from eighth grade suggested me to do something completely different, at least to add to it. So she said she liked hearing about my travels in my past, but she wanted to hear more recent travels and also my dream vacations to countries I haven't been to and why and how I chose those. So that would be a, so it's going to be a big anthology. <laughs> so. <laughs> But it's cool, though. It gives me something to do. So it keeps my mind off other things that don't, I don't need to be into. So It's a good but, thing to be occupied. Oh, yes, it is very good. Definitely helps. <laughs> I'm also reading a science fiction book from 1979, too. It's called The Visitors by Clifford Simak. It's pretty good. He actually won the... Um, Nebula and the Hugo Awards back then. He he's actually called the grandmaster of uh grandmaster author of science fiction too. So That's awesome. But I don't know. It's it's All pretty right, my cool. Dear. It's, 
All right, well, thanks for having the platform. Thanks for everything you do with the show. Thanks for your support. And uh, this is Eric Shulman. You can find me on Facebook. It's Eric Shulman. Uh, I got a bald head and a, a shaved face right now as my profile picture. And uh, <laughs> I got a YouTube channel. It's Eric Shulman. And I got Twitter. It's uh, at uh, Shulman Eric. And and I can't ever f- remember my blog. That's all right. I can wait until another time. I'll have to write it <laughs> down. So. It's just weird, but that's all good, though. All right, well, thanks so much. Have a good night, and I'll see you next week. And I uh, uh, really appreciate everything you do for us, all of us, for the platform as well. See you next week. Have a good All one. right, bye. sweetheart. You too, honey. Bye-bye. All right, bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 903. 903, you are on the air. Hello. How are you? I am awesome. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm good. I am little Gary from East Texas, and I am so sorry to hear about your friend and all, but let me tell you this. It's going to cheer you up, that he would have told you, man, little Gary is the big thing up and coming in poetry. You've got to check him out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him saying it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. I'm glad you laughed. I was scared. I've been uh, studying that for like four poets back. I was hoping it would, be, it would win, and it did. Yes, ma'am. I meant it in good good faith. <laughs> uh, was, I really can't hear him saying that, so that's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, I brought you two good poems tonight. Um, my first one, after listening to your show, is kind of a sad love one. Because uh, I'm really good at writing sad love ones, so I want to hit you with that, and then I'm going to finish with a real kind of funny, cool one, if that's okay with you. That's fine with me. Okay, uh, this first one's called So Far Away. How can somebody I love get so far away? She yelled, I don't love you no more, so leave. And although I've heard it before, it's still hard to obey. When we split, I reset the counter to zero. On my truck's mileage display. Now I'm just trying to breathe under the tears as I'm speeding down hell's lonely freeway. It's got me wondering why she gave up on us, and then I rewinded my head and replaced. I bet all the pain I'm going through now is why my hair will soon be all gray. It's definitely turned me into a chain smoker because there's no more room for another butt in this freaking ashtray. This is my real life, y'all. I don't need a muse or some sad lover's cliche. Hell, I can't even eat right now because my heart's my throat in the way. So it's just coffee I order sitting in this small town's lonely cafe. Hell, I feel more lost right now than the guys in the KKK. Words can't express all the pain I feel, but I'll try in hopes I'm able to convey. It's like she built a wall around her heart, and I can't get in. Shout out to my country, the U.S. of A. So now crying over sounds a lot like me saying, Olay, bitch, Olay. Is it wrong for me to want someone that loves me to meet me halfway? I'm Leo the lion, y'all. But the girls, little Gary's just pray. Maybe love has made me so hard that it just ricochets. Everyone knows that ACDC 
cause a road to hell, a highway. But I can hear love in hell yelling, hurry up, boy, and I'll show you the best way. And love's road to hell is the real one, no matter what in the hell ACDC might say. Because it's made out of broken hearts and lost dreams, tears, and it's a 10-lane freaking freeway. As I'm speeding along, I thought, I'll be in hell real soon, so I must check the distance today. And then tears started falling as I looked at the numbers on my damn truck's mileage display. Because we split up 2,317 miles ago, and we've never been so far away. End point. I love it. That was a great job on that, sweetheart. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Uh, now that I brought you down, I'm going to bring you up. <laughs> okay. All right. This is uh, from Little Gary. This is called What I Got Cooking, y'all. My rhymes flow like a river, and my words are just like a hook. And y'all little fishies, one day we'll be standing in line to get the first copy of my newest damn book. Hell, I'll make you feel like ACDC, because all night long, my words will have your ass shook. Shoot, I was born in the South, with the knowledge as well as the look. If your climb is as steep as mine, no worries, because I got plenty of rope. And it gets longer and stronger every time someone says, hell no, you'll never make it or no. Y'all, I'm full of something, and I've turned that shit into hope. For those that think I'm just a little too dirty... Don't worry, because I got plenty of soap. And for everyone else, y'all come and get it, because I also got plenty of that good poetry dope. Hell, even Adam will tell you that little Gary's the man. And although I'm invisible, I stand real tall at six foot freaking three when I stand. Have you seen the size of my feet? Oh, yeah, you can't, because they're covered with sand. Because I'm always at the beach giving the sun's ass a good tan. So I guess y'all will just have to look at my hands. How did I get here, you ask? Hell, they wouldn't let me in, so I snook. Shoot, I, this life has turned me into a damn sneaky-ass crook. Because everything I got, no one gave me, I took. And now I'm using my rhymes to write life's poor man's player's book. Hey, y'all, I'm little Gary from East Texas, and I got word food so damn good that even Hell's Kitchen is asking my ass how to cook, in point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was very much fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you. I'm uh, Little Gary, 76. I was born in 76. Woo woo. Uh, on allpoetry.com. I'm I'm gonna be something one day, y'all. I promise. If it ain't nothing, I'm gonna be an idiot. So everybody, come check out the idiot at allpoetry.com. And uh, I just uh, waiting to get published, man. I got two hundred something, and they're all good and rhymy and flowy. Uh, some heartfelt and some funny and some just stupid. So uh, check me out, man. I'm something you you want to know, man. Everybody's only got an amount of time to be nice to me. That's what I tell everybody. Because one day, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll judge if I if I want to talk, you know. So, uh, yes, ma'am, I appreciate it so much, and uh, absolutely, and I'm so sorry for your loss, you know. It totally Thank you. sucks, and I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, sweetheart, and we'll talk to you next week. 
Oh, yes, yes, ma'am. Uh, anytime you want to talk, you just call me on my personal cell. Like Homeboy said, we talk personal, you know. I'm pretty cool. I'm a pretty tall guy, handsome, blue eyes, heartbroken. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, I absolutely, every chance I, I get, I'm going to try to put myself out there. I'm trying to change my life. And uh, I think uh, I got a lot of message to say, and I hope uh, people will catch my funny, dirty, stupid ways of trying to get it out there. Love it. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Great job tonight, honey. Yes, ma'am. You be safe. You as well. Bye-bye, hon. Yes, ma'am. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 573-573. You are on the air. Hello. Five seven three. Are you with me? I'm with you. Are you with me? I am. Sinister Spittle, how are you? Hey, Sin. I'm doing great. How are you, honey? All right. You sound good. You healed well. Thank you. All right. Sorry, Connie. Connie, relaxing on the couch. I can get up and. Myself. <laughs> Took so long, you were falling asleep, weren't you? I, I, uh, I stay well medicated, let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I brought two for you, and, and uh, I had to change them a little a bit. I didn't know what to do. So I brought something old, and I brought something new. And uh, okay. we'll start with the old. This this poem's been in my head for like a month. I've been I don't know wanting to read it or something. So <clears throat> here it is: intelligence thwarted by retarded instances. Encounter moments I no longer feel comfort from six degrees of separation known. Madness bombards with derisions as personalities duel at ungodly hours of sullen aggression. Broken doors were behind or radical displays of retarded reflections run aloof quizzically. Brightly shown in lowest wattage, these dim withered captions shuffle in auxiliary. Escapades forcing this debilitating darkness onto their shores, encasing crimson fog for boating. Under corner lights known harsh to acts of aging homicidal idealizations are fueled. Soiled my intellectualism, I subdivide frantic redundancy and breaking of cement saviors. Oscillate swiftly the ultra-violent occurrences tethering them until diluted by drugs forthcoming. Experience in the nothing is how I gap distances of indifference that perpetuate such notions. We're losing appearance in death's breath, planting aimless messages tragically southern. Foolishly cloaking decimated foundations and words that paralyze the ceasefire curtain call. Tragic collisions, horrific festering rash of disappointment as floodwaters invade, accelerate remorse and frequency sirens, painfully crack underlying needs and complacence, swell the chance of mist disguise, falters, allowing Patience to hang, exasperated by figuratingly rampant or cranial explosions, voicing malicious intent, raw fuckery, sharp to blade forge to eviscerate magic, curbside, these evictions, full verbal exhaustion. One sound mind realized such 
gestures plain, seeing blood soaked blackout moments better unengaged. And peace. Wow. That was intense, son. Thank you. Great great job on that one. Are you gonna read two for us tonight? Yeah, I got another one. Uh uh actually uh collaboration I did with a friend of mine, um and uh, I'm going to read it because I wanted to read you something new. And um, so we're going to read it. It's called Welcoming Bleak Horizon. Lying in dusk's late breath, far before the dawn, terrorized by tiny nuances, my how the demons gnaw. Face the sun's new occurrences until I'm burned raw. Beat the valley core Texas to cheer the wheat eat strong. Sacrificial lamb left lingering in a masochist misery. Hard hit, scorched to a filigree. So I burned staccato pages like a monk without a temple. I watched with disgust the experience of distance as my effigy sat naked, drowning in your leering embers. Washing inklings of regret upon my carcass until I'm sore. Drops of sorrow will purge the felonious devotions from souls. Various incantations spewed, decrepit dialects, breaking minds. Destruction sues wobbleheads medicated through folds of rigorous time. Too busy looking for tomorrow to see today. Too much vision to fill with now singes, circadian rhythm wretches, phantasmic fables still branded in on the inside of my eyelids. Question my resolve as I crumble here. Prolifically paralyzed, sitting here in dawn's horizon, mourning the passing of another faded star, requisition lustrous worries of how far I fell again, whispered like ash, caked to my lips. Wasn't a question anymore. Galaxies mock, echoed traces of ambient white noise that sent me into silent winter fields, the dusk of life and rancid disease, a solitary crow cawing its way through my resolve, Absorbing lunacies, tripping over pleading rhythms of regurgitation, escaping the tomorrow I knew not that was my yesterday, watching bleak horizons as linguistics augmentation fades to gray and peace. Wow. That was that was like a roller coaster follow. That was amazing. I was a mouthful too. Fuck. Imagine. <laughs> and you did all that without taking your breath. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, fantastic job, sweetheart. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come visit with you. Uh, Sinister Spittle, S P I T A L. You can find me on Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, Instagram, allpoetry.com. Google that shit. <laughs> I'm everywhere and nowhere. Well, great job I'm tonight. Up a lot I'm... Of too. What's I that? Gotta send you some. So I've been putting up a lot of SoundCloud, so I gotta when I get a really, really good one, I'm gonna email it to you so you can have me when I'm not here. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love that so much. Please, yes, do that. All right. All right, honey. We'll talk know. to you next week, sweetheart. All right. Yeah, well, good night. Good night.
All righty. Next caller, area 216. 216, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hey, Mama. How are you, sweetheart? Um, Fair to Midland. It's but so good to good. hear from you. Thank you. You're doing much. You're doing much better now, right? Um, I am. I am uh, handling it more gracefully. Well, now that uh, the the event is over with, I could probably get out of the house to get to the post office. So I'm mailing you some teas and stuff. You just stay home and stay safe right now. Well, yeah, There's so much get to the crazy out there in the world. I know, but I got to get to the post office. Um, you know, unless you're going to go get the stuff, the moringa and Pharisee tea that I want you to drink. One is moringa and one is Pharisee. I used to have moringa seeds. I was going to grow a moringa tree so that I could make yeah. my own tea, but the tree died. I was sad. Oh, well, that's, did you boil the roots and the, the leaf and the... And, no, and it only it got tea? about only got to about 16 inches tall and then died. Okay. Well, I'm I'm still, when I get to out of here, which I'm probably going to get out soon, now that the madness is over with, um, I'll be mailing some stuff out. I keep on telling people I'm going to mail you this and mail you that, and I never get out to do anything. So, anyway, the name of my piece that I'm going to do... It's called um, Love and a Good Massage. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> we think alike, you know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Simple old love is likened to a good massage. It's calming, not complicated or perplexing, and it's just out that pain. It helps you forget the mental strain, the mental rain that hits hard, then slowly fades. I ask myself, am I willing to pay? Will this love soon fade? As a simple illusion that leads me astray. Shall love return suddenly again? And make everything okay, my soul be warned, love comes with its own pollution, like into an addiction, a conviction, illusions of your own mind's fiction. Yet, you will keep chasing that feeling. It's so lovely and thrilling, dopamine high gets harder to achieve, no longer do you believe in it. As it fades away, you'll find you cannot relive it, just can't get it. Love is more than a simple feeling, like a good massage. Love can be nice and revealing. Love can be stifling. But a massage can be relieving. Not as meaningful or fulfilling, but a massage, unlike a lover, can have a happy ending. (laughs) Enjoy a massage. Sure, it can be nice. 
Just don't replace a good massage for a real love in your life unless the masseuse is your lover or your wife in peace. And hopefully not both at the same time because that's a whole different poem. You know that I have never had <laughs> I have never had a massage. What? I have never had a massage. Oh my! A little bit, a little bit trivia there for you. Yeah, true well, story. That's not, well, I'm, I'm speechless. I, I've never heard of anybody that never had a massage. Well, I have um, never had a even massage. If you have to, even if you have to pay somebody, it's worth it. But pay somebody that's willing to give you the happy ending. <laughs> You know, it really, I think about it all the time. It's like, I should go do that sometime because it just sounds so good. But I have never it done is. it. Well, do it. And then let mama know. I don't share with nobody else before you tell me. Tell me why you're still moaning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay so baby. Good. <sighs> all right. right. Mom, I'm home. I just got the best Cut home. of my life. And I got a happy ending. <laughs> it was a massage so great. It made me cry. I need a cigarette. <laughs> Right. Oh, yes. Even better than that. Yeah. Hey, that's that's my girl. Yeah, go get that. That'll help everything. (laughs) Okay, so the name of this last piece is going to be something I wrote in 2017. It's called Who Cares? I mean, who cares? Who cares? about having a gas mask and a hazmat suit on when the nerve gas hits the fan. I mean, when rats beat you out for clean water and scrap the food, I mean, rats always survive. I mean, who cares to be the only one left in their own targeted neighborhood, stepping over dead bodies like Katrina floating, gasping for air as your eyes roll back in your head. I mean, who wants to drink leaded water, eat generic food while getting sicker with no health care? I mean, who cares? And those sick people don't care for the sick. And those who care for the sick are sick. So, I mean, who cares? To walk around and get beat down because 100 people want your gas mask. I mean, who cares to send their daughters off to war to be raped by their own platoonsmen? I mean, who cares? If all the plans to inoculate your child leave you with a sick child, with no untainted herbs to heal them, who cares? Who cares that during all this, people still make hating their number one mission? I mean, who's paying attention? I guess the planet, this planet, is done. On one hand, you have Looney holding a threat over the other one. On one hand, you have one loony holding a threat over the other one. And on the other hand, you have the warmongers who are programming the selected goons. And soon, we will all be at the mercy of the loony tomb. 
at each end of the world. I mean, who cares to save themselves and leave their fruit behind to be the spoils of war and left to be used for spare body parts or as sexual victims? I mean, who cares? I'm asking who wants to wait till this all just happens before they realize what's really happening when 2,000 children per day are taken away. Yes, white ones too. Who cares? Who cares to eat fake rice and all kinds of degraded foods, turning your food, your food is turning you into fools? Has everyone lost their alleged minds? I mean, who cares? Certainly not the one with the underground safe spaces, nor the ones who own jets, nor the ones who have grandfather seeds stored in and on remote islands full of trees along with oil and good soil and air. And yeah, who cares? Who cares that 64,000 girls and women are nowhere to be found and no one cares to be looking sidetracked by H.A.R.P. Monsanto, Hal Burton, and the paid militia who cares that a new genocide plan and the orders are given? Who wants to keep on living? I mean, who cares that the Congo has allowed Apple to torture small babies, controlled like mules in work camps, digging nonstop for phone makings in cobalt mines? Who cares? Oh, yeah. So, yet, oh, so passionate about monuments of those dead criminals that were the losers in their day and time and other such things, such things that don't mean much. I mean, I'm sick and tired of all this insanity. Let us get back to our humanity or give us our reparation pay so we can just get out of your way because we're all going to become extinct, the native indigenous and the originals, whom you call the aboriginal, wake up and live, America. Wake up, world. Wake up, planet. Wake up and live or lie down and die with those implanted lies. I mean, who cares to get him out of here? And all the mad men out of here. In peace. Wow. I don't even know what to say besides wow. That was that that was a ball of fire. And it was written in two thousand sixteen or seventeen before uh, right after when the first all the stuff started happening and now it's boiled down to this. Fantastic job on that, Mama. Thank you. You're very, very, very welcome. Yes, yes, yes. Well, down to this. So we got one more day. Like I said, when all this is over with and we get back to some type of normalcy, um, you'll see something in the mail for me, baby. Continue to get well and be strong. And thank you for being so faithful to us poets, giving us a place and <laughs> Seriously, I mean, who does that? Even when they're sick, you make a way for us to be here and have something that we can do, especially during this pandemic. It's 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 um, this it's an attribute. 
it's a very notable attribute that you have and loyalty and dedication and we appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love much. you guys. I love spending time with you. I mean, this I get so much out of this you guys just don't even understand. You know, this is a blessing to be able to do this with you guys. Thank you so much for that. Okay, baby, cheer, go let somebody else cheer you up. I didn't block you down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> we gonna miss we gonna miss CD in days like this. Yeah. 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 We're gonna miss it. But I think about them and start laughing. I got my silly poems that I I got written up. I didn't do one for you today, but uh, I'll do one for you next week. I wrote thinking about him, one of my silly poems. <laughs> I would love that. Okay, next week. Thanks, honey. All right. All right. My mama. All right, our next caller comes from area code 419. 419, you're on the air. We have 419-832, and then it looks like we have a Skype caller or international caller, but they don't have they don't have their they haven't pressed one, so there's no indicator that they're going to want to come on the air. But I may check with them first, just in case they're unable to press one. Oh, there they go. I gotcha. All right, so we have 419, then we have 832, then our international strange all one caller. <laughs> 419, you're on the air. Hey, sweetheart, how are you doing, honey? I'm good. How about you? Absolutely wonderful. It's great to hear from you. You always make me smile. It's great to hear you. It's great for you to be back. I agree with everything that Mama said about you. (laughs) What, that I'm a pain in the butt? (laughs) Do you have to know how to read between the lines there? (laughs) (laughs) If that's what it meant, then, then that's a good thing. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so uh, this is a this is a new poem, false prophet. Um, only I can fix it. The false prophet said, "Make America great again." Red cap on his head. Listen only to me. Everything else is a sham. And little did they know, he was the king of scams. A cheater, a liar, a jack-of-all-crime, giving new meaning to what we call slime. He comes with no honor, integrity, or conviction. Everything about him epitomizes fiction. Yet they follow him blindly, their heads in the sand. They cater without question to his every demand. And to the world, on our country, they have left a scar. Fake patriots, fake people, that's what they are. Make America great again, their false prophet said. His horns hidden under the red cap on his head. End poem. I can kiss you right now. I can kiss you back. (laughs) (laughs) I would let him, man. Right on the big old lips for that one. That, 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 I love that poem. That gets a big, huge kiss. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed that very much. Okay. You gonna read the second one, honey? I can. Uh, okay. Okay. This is uh, this is another one. It's uh, it's from the book that book that I'm currently working on, uh, entitled uh, Silent Whispers. The title of the poem is called "It Just Got Old." We wrote we wrote poetry to each other. 
We danced, we kissed, we touched. We talked about past lives that we shared, that we were exempt of the distorted prediction of bias disguised in moral convictions. Restrictions I thought would be not because I believed you when you told me that you were real. And the growing love that I have for you made me feel you could be trusted. I opened up my heart to you and bore my soul. Dusted off shit that I had hidden inside me for years. Shed tears I didn't even know I could. Stood by you when no one else would. Watch your falling star that run closest to you say goodbye. Wipe your tears from your eyes and caress your loss. You asked me to cross my heart that I would always make sure that you were okay and each day that was my vow yet still somehow that was not enough. You wanted more than I could give. A lifestyle that I could not live. Never suspecting that Judas lived inside of you, I made excuses for the way that you treated me. The pain you caused impeded me, distorted my balance and took me out of sync. And on the brink of a breakdown, I realized that you had made a mockery out of a love that I thought was twofold. You denied me three times before the cock crowed. So took a deep breath. I packed up my heart. And I said, fuck this shit. It just got old. End poem. <laughs> I love the ending. You know, we see that so much in relationships where, I mean, for me, a healthy relationship is when it's like um, Cyrus, when two stars, the brightest, you know, when two stars, it's so bright because it's actually two stars that orbit around each other. You know, but when you have two people who orbit around each other, you know, who are in constant motion around each other, that to me is a healthy relationship. But usually what you find is there's someone who's a sun and the planet orbits around them, you know, and everything, everything revolves around that one person. And pretty soon, uh-huh. you know, there, there's nothing left of the person that's always giving. They're just left there empty, like a dead moon, right. you know, and, and that's not healthy. That's not good. You know, you have to be no. in that constant orbit around each other, you know, so get really sad when I see people being a moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great poem. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. All right. You going to tell everyone how to find you? Uh, yes. You can find me uh, on Facebook under Melvin Douglas Johnson. And you can find me on um, YouTube under the same name. Perfect. And also, I have all poetry. All right, you guys, go over and show him some love. Melvin, it was great having you here tonight. Love you so dearly. Appreciate you so much, and we will talk to you next week, okay? Thank you. Love you back. I'll see you next week. All right, honey. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, next caller. Area code 832-832, you're on the air. Hey, Naila, how are you? Uma, how are you, sweetheart? I'm wonderful. It's good to hear from you. Yes, ma'am. What did yes. you bring to bless us with tonight? I got some words which I painted, and very few words as I listen to the mu- to the show, of course. If I don't do that, I don't get any words. So I come here. I don't steal them, but I beg them to bless me with some words as I hear the poets speak and, you know, as they recite their 
powerful voices to with their powerful voices all the songs and the feelings they have and that mm-hmm. generates some sort of i think they have electricity in them and that sparkles some kind of it burns away some carbon which is not working and then it start provokes out and then i write them down i get inspired by them like that all the time somebody'll be reading something and they'll say they'll read a line and it'll make me think of something and I've got note I mean I I always have a notebook here but I've got scribbles all over my notebooks where I write down things thoughts that are provoked by things you guys say that happens all the time I understand exactly what you're talking about and this time as I was writing I was also using um some kind of technology in the sense in the mind that can keep questioning me and asking me what exactly you mean what exactly you mean and then i rewrite and rewrite in this few minutes since i was here since last past two poets that were reading so <clears throat> the earlier poet uh, they were so good they really are they, with the powerful talk they had that generated all this i can say and uh, poets you are not just creating your own poems but you are creating poets so thank you very much and kudos to it goes to naila alisha and all the rest of uh, the poets here um i have a small this thing is really bothering me uh writing on the telephone and for some reason it doesn't let me yeah there it goes Okay. Uh, I don't know Naila. I just try to write it down so let me read the poem and please help me with what I think I am thinking is right or not. I know not why as I see your smile sometimes I think I need my shrink to talk just a while. While my illusions shrink away delusions as i float over the sea of actions and reactions of misconceptions or distortions caused by unbelievable misinformation that would not be one bit saving my exasperation at response of despondence in a state of utter desperation and poem Wow, that was a roller coaster. That was fun. <laughs> that was a, that was almost a different style for you. The whole rhyming scheme through it was you I could tell you had fun writing that. <laughs> I had. First of all, the way I started was I know not why I love your smile. Then after the end of everything, I then I thought this is not I love your smile, it is as I see your smile. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually to see a shrink, not when you love a smile. <laughs> It's kind of like we'll always have Paris. <laughs> you start with something and go straight to somewhere. And <laughs> I love it when I start something. That's what it's supposed to do. I love that you. I love that you called in and said all this. This is perfect. 
And somehow I feel that what we are going through right now is somehow is re- being reflected in this poem. I do as well. I I saw that in there too. <laughs> it's just like it's just like the whole everything everything is is chaos. Everything is you know mm-hmm. you, you look for the good and, and there's this craziness over here and then there's this weird stuff there and this you know and it's just all <laughs> clustered into one thing and yeah. <laughs> Great job, honey. Thank you, Naila. <laughs> thanks to you You're and welcome. thanks to everyone. Do you want to tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart? Yes. Ask Naila. <laughs> you can find her with a pen or a paintbrush in her hand at all the amazing places <laughs> in the world. Yeah. More next time, Naila. Thank you. You are welcome, sweetheart. I appreciate you so much. I always love hearing your voice when I pick up the line. <laughs> and Thank you, Uma. Back on the Bye-bye. Bye-bye, sweetheart. All right. Let's go ahead and grab our mystery caller. Mystery caller, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. Are you able to hear me? I can hear you. Wonderful. First of all, my condolences to you. And the previous caller was quite correct. The forum that you provide is absolutely exceptional, and I'm grateful for it. Uh, This is Jade Mist. I called uh, during Halloween. And it inspired me. Yeah. You've inspired me to do something I haven't done since I was in grade school. I wrote a poem. I am so happy. Oh, I am so happy. I would love to hear your poem. Very good. Um, In the spirit of what's going on in the U.S. of A., this is called Clean House. Cleaning house. Brush away tragedy and pain. Cleaning house. Fresh spring air on an autumn eve. Ringing out our exhausted, worn souls. Cleaning house. Thanks to be given, we all went to the polls. Cleaning house. Scour open wounds till they bleed pristine. Cleaning house. A pleasure to watch bruises heal. A clean house. My own private place. This clean house. A democracy back in its place. And there you have it. That was exceptional. You know, now that you, it's like the little Dutch boy with his finger in the dam. Now that you've written one, you're not going to be able to stop. I'm afraid so. It's a domino effect. It is. It is. And it should be. I mean, you, you're a lover of poetry, obviously, and a lover of literature. You can tell, you know, and a lot of times, I mean, we are, we are attracted. It's like, it's like the, um, the, the story of the ugly duckling. Right. We are attracted to the things that we are like, you know, so you swim around a duck until you realize you're a swan. You know, you're attracted to the things that are inside you. And if you listen to those voices, those voices will come out. So I am very excited about this journey you're about to embark on. I think you should go out tomorrow and purposely buy yourself a journal 
and a brand new special pen that feels really good in your hand. That's your homework for the week. Can do with um, with sheer delight. Thank you. Uh, I always enjoy the. I love my electronics. My love of electronics is second to none. But the tactile feel of an ink pen in your hand, scratching on paper, it is exceptional. And with that, um, I will say that the previous caller was quite right. Once this pandemic is behind us, as I know it shall be, you must treat yourself to a good massage. <laughs> I recommend a Thai, a Thai massage. It is absolutely exceptional. You will literally be levitating once it's done. Who can, I mean, how many people um, can say that, that they've never had a massage? I mean, that's just unheard of in this day and age. I know. I mean, you are uh, an exception to the rule. Even I, and I am not a touchy-feely sort of person, but I had it, and it is literally just like poetry. It is the unquenchable fire. <laughs> with, that, <laughs> with that being said, thank you so much again. I I hope um, I become one of your regular listeners, and perhaps I can... If regale you with something that might be to your liking again, um, please have an excellent evening. You too, sweetheart. And I cannot wait to hear from you next week. Many thanks. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Jade. Bye-bye, honey. All right, everybody. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I want to thank all of you for being here this week and sharing with us listeners and readers alike you are so loved remember next week is our anniversary show it'll be our 14 year anniversary very excited about that kind of a heads up in case you want to write something special for our anniversary show or have something you'd like to bring or share we will be here for that i'm going to close the show with a piece called pedestrians by the hydropods Love you guys. We'll talk to you next week and good night. Man trike. I was recently self-diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactive disorder. I guess I've had it all my life and never knew it, which is shocking to me, really. After holding down a respectable and steady stream of 142 jobs in 25 years, who'd have guessed? I've owned 18 different automobiles, moved 110 times, burned through 12 ex-wives, 2,000 hobbies, a baker's dozen of disgusting cats, a glowing ulcer, not counting the three heart attacks, and no one's ever had a clue. That just shows you how ignorant we can all be when we don't know how to detect the signs. So finally, after 48 years, I'm self-diagnosed with having ADHD and thinking it would help control my attention and directly focus my intentions in a positive social and health-minded manner, I bought a tricycle. Not a puny little tricycle. I'm not a parking lot clown. A big Herkin Camaro Red balloon-tired, fully-equipped man-trike. It looks like a Clydesdale should be pulling it. Man-trike has three speeds. Stop, go, and stop and weighs about the same as a drunken cow stuffed full of bowling balls. 
That's the point. It has to completely fuck with me, keep me busy, and train me to stay focused on the task at hand, which is not poetry, or black exploitation, or judges, or scores, or the humorless. The focus is on riding the mantrike. Mantrike has a small wire basket on the front that fits a half rack of Beck's, and the big one on the back holds a 25-pound block of ice, a case of gin pipes, a boombox, and just about any roadkill that comes my way. Even with my massive hairy calves, the size and color of nitrous oxide tanks, Mantrike barely reaches a mile an hour, especially if I've gotten into the gin. I can gulp three triple espressos and still can't pass a curb rat without manifesting a hernia. Mantrike has a 30-foot CB antenna with a biohazard flag on top and a homemade cardboard license plate that says Dooley on it. I know, I hate vanity plates too, but it's important to me that people know about my racial heritage. I don't want to be confused with an ADHD suffering tricycling Scotsman. I'm as Irish as the day I was born. The Scots may be worthless, but they'll never be as worthless as the Irish will. And by the way, the Irish are through taking your shit, whoever you are. Everywhere I go on Mantrike, people look at me like I'm mentally, if not socially, retarded, plodding up the sidewalk, running stoplights at a methodical pace. But instead of screaming at me and flipping me the bird as they screech to avoid a collision with Mantrike, they grit their teeth and mumble under their breath. I carry an inflatable squishy armadillo dildo that honks like a horn if anyone gets too close. Squonk, and it wags like a sad dog. But if I do forget the pedal and accidentally stop at a green light, I've got one of those little snapping gator heads on a stick that I use to molest crosswalk pedestrians and bike messengers while I wait for the red. I can beat this thing. Forget poetry, forget black exploitation, forget judges and scores and the humorless. I have to stay focused on the tricycle ride at hand, 